This is the At 530 on Main podcast. I'm Sean Collins. And I'm Mike Davis. And we're here to discuss the convergence of digital and physical experiences in today's world. With Extend Group as an expert in designing online experiences and VPS Architecture, an expert on creating physical experiences, you will hear unique discussions on technology, theory, and more that merges our separate areas of expertise into one podcast experience. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoy today's At 530 on Main podcast episode. We are in the At 530 on Main podcast studio here. We call it the Extension Studio. At 530 on Main, Evansville, Indiana. Oh boy, do we have a surprise for you today. We like to mix it up a lot here at the At 530 on Main podcast. You never know what's going to going to happen, who's going to be in. So, you know what? We have a guest co-host today. You have not met her. Um, she is new to VPS Architecture. Mike is actually out. He's at a conference today. So uh, VPS Architecture has a new, uh, what do I say? New connector what? Connector, what are they? Uh, connector... Creative. Cre- connector Creative. Pioneer. Pioneer. Yeah. Boom. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> Andrea Herschelman is the Director of Business Development and Marketing at VPS Architecture. And been on, on board about, about six, four, four months. months. See, I'm already fast forwarding. It, does, it feels a little bit like six <laughs> to eight months, but it's only been four. So, so we are four months in and she is like, you know, she's engaging with the team here at Extend Group. She's out in the community. She's in Indianapolis. You're mm-hmm. flying all over the place, driving all over the place, whatever that experience is. But uh, Andrea earned her Master's of Business Administration from the University of Southern Indiana. She's an Evansville native. Andrea has a deep connection to the community and is a avid servant leader. She's a 2019 Leadership Everyone Community Leadership Program alumni and has co-chaired the celebration of leadership for the past two years. Thank you so much for doing that. As a former board president and 10-year active uh, alumni, that that celebration in itself, you know, like 1,700 people in one room celebrating Everything yeah. that happens positive in one night as I throw my pen. Get so excited. I get so, <laughs> so excited. excited. <laughs> I get, uh, but thank you for, uh, you know, leaning into that and, and celebrating all the great things that happen in the community. Often yeah. we turn on the news or whatever it is and we hear about, you know, all yeah. the negative stuff's going on. If you go to that one event, I'm pretty sure there's enough con- content that could, like, be uh, dispersed daily like three times a day and it would get you through a year and then you could do it all again yeah and that could be like a great news network oh yeah if uh if we were were to plug into that celebration leadership leadership everyone uh as the business uh development and marketing uh director at vps architecture andrea uh she's committed to cultivating client relationships and developing new business opportunities for vps so tell us what's the experience like over the last four years. Uh, uh, over the last four months? Four, four years. Months. <laughs> now four, four years all of a sudden. Four months. Four months. <laughs> oh, it's been great. It's It's been a bit of a whirlwind, um, as any new job usually is, uh, trying to get your feet wet and then 
um, settle in and start to meet new people and understand. I'm fortunate in that I used to work at VPS Architecture in a, a previous life um, as a designer, so I, I have a lot of experience with VPS. Uh, and it's kind of like it was kind of like coming home, quite frankly, in a lot of ways. Um, I love the culture there. Um, I love what we stand for, and so it, it's been an easy. It's, it's been an easy transition for me because I already speak that language. Um, and then just being out in the community, meeting new people, uh, being up in Indianapolis, because we have an office up in Indianapolis as well that we opened up last year. So um, it's all Rapidly been, expanding yes. the culture there, right? Yes, and it's great. It's and everyone up there is really excited about that as well. So making new connections and, and just trying to um, bring some brand awareness up there to that community, as well as maintain it and expand it down here in Evansville and our surrounding region. Yeah, we're going to do something a little different. Like Mike, you're uh, you're on you're on call now. You always say you're kind of the Ed McMahon to the the whatever, and you know I'm I'm always the one that does the introductions and all those things, and you know he just helps facilitate the conversation. I've went through a little bit of an experience over the last couple of weeks, and a probably bit. not at a little, a, a little experience uh, over the last couple of weeks. So I'm not like at 100% game time. So what we're going to do never know. Come on. is Andrea is going to introduce today's guest. I mean, that's kind of a lot for one person coming in here as the co-host for the first time <laughs> and then putting me on the spot. Sure. But, you can just um, say we can move along. <laughs> yeah, really. No. Nothing to say here. Well, the cool thing is, is that Sean's in the presence of two... I hate to say Andrea's because it's, we're not both Andrea's. Yes. <laughs> because this is Andrea Hayes. Andrea. She is the Program and Community Engagement Officer for the Wellburn Baptist Foundation. And she... Um, which serves the Wilburn Baptist Foundation serves 14 countries or counties in the tri-state region. <laughs> See, I'm just as bad as Sean. Yeah, that'd be cool. That's a big expansion. <laughs> Let's go, boom. We're game. Let's do it. Bring 14 it. countries. <laughs> have the capacity for that, right? <laughs> right. Um, and she oversees the foundation's healthy eating and active learning living community impact area focused on supporting policy systems and environmental changes. In 2013, and Andrea was recognized as a White House Champion of Change for her leadership with the CDC Community Transformation Grant awarded to Southwest Indiana. She is a proud member of the Healthy Communities Partnership, the Evansville Trails Coalition Board of Directors, which we can talk about a little bit later, and the WNIN Community Advisory Board. Andrea also serves as adjunct faculty with the University of Southern Indiana, go Screegals, in the College of Nursing and Health Professions. I actually um, worked for USI for a bit, so we can connect on that later as well. Um, Prior to joining the foundation in 2018, Andrea held the role of Director of Public Health for Prevent Blindness America. She earned her Bachelor of Arts in Philosophy from the University of Illinois at Chicago, and her master's degree in public health from Indiana University. Andrea lives in Evansville with her husband, Andrew. Mm -hmm. That doesn't get confusing. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) And there are three children where she enjoys serving as Coach Dre for her daughter's soccer team. All right. Coach Dre. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So you coach too. Yes, it's fun. I love it. Soccer? Is that right? Yes. Okay. Never played a day. Never well, played I mean, in. unless you consider oh the gosh. adult league. I mean, I was a softball player growing up, but don't you fine. love it? It's like fine. just yeah. It's great so, stuff. Uh, what age group? 
Um, okay, so like middle school age at this point, mm-hmm. but we started much earlier. My Where at? Um, daughter was probably like second grade maybe when I started. Okay. I think. Yeah. Um, there's a league, the East uh, Youth. I always get it wrong. Yeah. East Side Youth Soccer League. It's over so there on Yeah. Talk about experiences, I'm always saying. When we're out there, I mean, there's just a beautiful tree line. It's kind of over there by the yeah. Boy Scouts and the um, State Hospital and you know, the little lake and everything. But all we see is just the tree line, you know, when we're playing a game. So been a really youth coach for, but. what is it, over 10 years now. My son is 16. I started when he was like four over at East. Okay. So, so baseball? Baseball. Okay. Started with baseball. Thinking I never saw you out there on soccer. Then I went to basketball. <laughs> oh, all right. And then uh, went through, uh, He was. I was coach at Good Shepherd and then was assistant coach at Good Shepherd and boys. And then uh, my daughter comes through and she starts in third grade and uh, coached her team all the way through this year. She decided that it was time for her to not play basketball anymore. She wanted to play volleyball and focus on softball, so I am I still coach travel baseball for uh, Bailey and his team, the Southern Indiana Legends at oh. 16U, yeah. and then we have a softball team called the Southern Indiana Vibe, so coach that. That's a U12 team that's kind of brand new, and then, uh, yeah, I just relinquished my uh, basketball coaching. Uh, I get to actually just be a fan and which is fun too. Sit up in the stands. I actually did that for one season last year in softball, and I did enjoy it. I really did. I really did. Did you get antsy though? That like you wanted yeah, to make some calls. Yeah, sometimes you get a antsy. Yeah, I did, and actually I didn't want to overcoach from the sidelines. So a lot of people That's actually hard. commented on when I started coaching <laughs> well again. Behaved. They were like, "You were not that vocal." All last season, because basically we had a team that was half an age group and half another age group, sure. and they had the some of them aged up. Yeah. So I took ha- I took the ones that were aging up, and we went twelve. And I had some other friends that had some other da- and daughters that were looking for first year, and I brought them all together. And the ones that experienced me as like just a parent last year, they're like, "Where, uh, where the heck did this come from?" <laughs> I mean, it's uh, yeah, but it is. I love coaching yeah it, it, it's really cool it's it's funny because our son started off obviously he's the oldest so he started off playing and um a little bit later he really he didn't discover soccer until like nine mm-hmm. and um you know I, my kids say i have a pretty loud voice right so um coaching worked out really well you know they can hear me all the way across that field you know mm-hmm. lots of fans and parents and everybody kind of yelling because that's what people do um and so it it it's pretty funny. I, I hear about how loud I am on a regular basis. <laughs> <laughs> and now um, our two girls are both in middle school together, so they're in the school, like middle school feeder, whatever that's called, you know, the cub the cub level. And so it's fun. We have two teams right now, so I help serve as bench coach for one team, and then I, I'm a parent for the other, and it, it's really hard. There are, there are times I just want to, like, walk over back to the bench and – you know, say a few things. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Absolutely. But I behave. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it's really fun. Yeah. Now, I saw a uh, uh, one of the infographics again the other day. It was from Coach, whatever. I can't remember what, uh, which social media profile it was. But, you know, it, it really hit home to me because early on, like, I use words like creative pioneer, or, you know, guardian, whatever. But as a creative pioneer, it's always like, you're always focusing on the 10% that's actually not done right instead of the 90% that was. So early on, I'm like, my son's on baseball teams that are winning, like they're going like 68 and like three 
Wow. 68 wins and like yeah. three losses. They win every tournament, you know, they go to, we travel all around the place. And it was just all about building, like, you know, who's next, who's up, who's coming, like, who's going to be, what, what's the next thing. Yeah. But early on as a coach, I was just kind of win, win, like, go, right? Like, we're in this. And you often forget, and a lot of um, what we would have called the old guard back then, we're like, you guys are insane. Like, you're already taking them to hitting lessons. You're taking them to pitching yeah, lessons. Like, that's they're already really getting – they're going to sports acceleration and running, like, 16 mm-hmm. miles an hour on the treadmill. And we're talking about these kids are, like, seven and eight. Right. Oh, what are you guys goodness. doing? Yeah. Like, and, and we're kind of that first generation in Evansville that went full travel really, really early. Yeah. And now that I've experienced that, and we went through that culture, and then we've now been on the Legends for, I think, like six years. And it was more about building the overall experience, making sure that every player got the opportunity to play in positions that they really wanted to. And, like, we went from that 68-3 experience all the way to 3-68, and 68, mm-hmm. like that next year. I mean, we're barely over 40% win race ratio. and It was really, really hard. But then... As you start to see the results, and the what I'm coming back to is that, you know, hey, 10U coach, let's not talk about how many titles mm-hmm. that you won in your 10U yeah. season or how many, tri- you know, U-trip tournaments that you went to and crushed the other teams. Let's talk about how many kids that you returned at 11U and wanted to play the Came next back. year. Mm-hmm. Are they coming back? Yeah. Right. Are they coming back? Yep. Are they coming back? And are they passionate about the sport? And have you communicated, like, you know, what, what it really takes for them to flourish in that sport? And even, like, my daughter my daughter was like, you know, I want to play basketball, but I want to kind of play. For, but she goes, I want to be really good at volleyball and softball. Yeah. And yeah. she goes, I know you love to coach, but, like, I want to do this. And at that point, you're like, if, if you're going to dedicate and yeah. do all the extra stuff and you want to go to Tri-State and you want to take extra lessons and do those things, do not ever think that this experience of coaching, like, and I'm going to miss the, you know, oh, seven, other, yeah. seven other girls that I've coached since, you know, they were, you know, six. Yeah. But guess what? We, we move on and we evolve and, and all those experience. things. And it is. It's yeah. a new experience and it's the lives we shape through coaching uh, that's that's been amazing to me. And that that early on as an accidental kind of creative pioneer, I just want to win. You know, I'm looking at kids <laughs> and I'm like, you know, th- this is the position. This is what it is and this is what we have to do. And I'd yell out D and they'd have to say fence and, and all these things. <laughs> and, you know, you know, we were we were. That's the way we were coached. Right. I mean, it was just drive, 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 yeah. and 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 they now that it. become intentional yeah. about it, and you really lean into every player, kind of like what we do in the community, right? Yeah. Lean into every you know yeah. every part of it, uh, then it really becomes meaningful. It's uh, I've I've had many uh, parents come back and say, you know what, uh, my son still to this day in baseball still favorite you know and in basketball here's the same things but uh like the graphic said it's like if you get all of them to come back and there was a time where we even had the opportunity to hey 
we're going to push all the alphas to the top, mm -hmm. and then everybody else that's in the middle to bottom, they're out. Mm -hmm. They're not going to play in a feeder, or they're not going to play this, or they're not going to play that, right? Right when they st should be learning. Right when they skill. should, yeah. everybody. Anyway, I'm like, yeah. no, 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 no. So they want right. to do it, you know. So myself and, and a f <clears throat> me and a few other dads said, you know what? Our kid could be there, and we've been asked to be there. But we're going to go ahead and we're going to go to the middle, to bottom, and we're going to give them. We're, we're going to wear the same uniforms. We're going to do. We're going to do the same tournaments. You know, we're going to get beat, but we're going to give them the opportunity to compete now until they get to high school. And we're not going to make the decision when they're in fifth grade it's a or lot changes yeah, third, in fourth, fifth, sixth yeah. grade that says this is going to be our quote varsity yeah. team. Yeah, you when, just can't or, determine that. And it's so fulfilling because a few of those players right now have made their way up. Move their, move and, and they are making their presence known as freshman and sophomore so cool. in JV and varsity uh, scenarios. Yeah, they're committed. That's their, you know, they've worked hard. They've mm -hmm. And I think that's the, you know, that's the, I mean, that's what, uh, that's what coaching, uh, you, you you immediately mentioned coaching and it just it touches me and, yeah. and I like to talk about that experience because I don't I don't think a lot of individuals understand the, the commitment and the personal uh, experience that the coach has it's like oh you're out there coaching your son or your daughter and whatever it is and you know really when you're out there you're out there for all 12 Absolutely. all 15 oh yeah you know yeah, we, we want our, our kids to, ex, you know, excel, but I think at times they may actually take a step back because you're trying to... You're working with the other you're players. You're trying to work through yeah, the other 12. absolutely. You're trying to lift them up. So thank you for doing that. Oh, yeah. Thank, well, thank you, you. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, it's, it's, it is incredible, and it's, um, you know, it does feel like oh, there's a lot of pressure sometimes with these sports, and so when you have a group of kiddos who you know, they just want to come out and play, of course they want to get better, they want to have fun, but... Um, you know, especially because I, I coach girls and, you know, we want them to have something that makes them feel part of community. Mm -hmm. You know, I get to feel part of community every day with, with my job and with my interactions with, with people. But it doesn't always happen in, in, in their everyday life, right? They go to school, but that doesn't necessarily mean that they have a connection with a, a larger group. They might. They might participate in something at the school. But having that one thing that's kind of outside of school that they want to do, that they want to be there, that's pretty special. You know, Absolutely. I'm going to bring my best self to that because I'm, you know, they're, they're coming to the table. So, and a bonding experience of yeah. that too, which is always beneficial. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you did such an, an extraordinary job in the introduction and everything. <laughs> you know what? I, like Mike, you're now on, you're now on point. And like <laughs> one, one little spot there gets us into, you know, tell us what's going on at the Welburn Foundation. Like, what, what's the experience like? We just went through like one of the, you know, we talk about it podcast after podcast now it seems, but everybody has a different experience with the last year and a half. Mm -hmm. um, what's it yeah. been like for you and, and the community and, and your counterparts and your culture? Yeah, no, it's, Foundation? A, it's an interesting question as it relates to kind of the last year and a half. Um, you know, we are really ultimately about being in partnership with the community, with all of our different um, community agencies and organizations and the city departments and um, county departments and all of that. So um, what's been fascinating is just how well connected we have uh, stayed and felt during this time when, you know, people are 
in and out of the office, half working remotely half the time, and you know, that type of thing. Um, but what's even more fascinating is that, you know, we really love convening. We love bringing people together, right? And mm-hmm. so we had already planned to, to, to make a move, um, physical location move. Okay. Um, it probably would have been like maybe by 2018, we were already talking about what, where, where do we need to go? Because one of the things we wanted to do was have a larger space where we could convene people and not feel, you know, space constrained, if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, so kind of in the middle of the pandemic, we moved. We moved uh-huh. from um, a great space. We had it for almost 20 years at the what's now the German American Bank. Um, but then we moved to the Fifth Third Bank. We are now on the 15th floor. And it's a new experience for us. We're, we have the whole floor to ourselves. That's um, amazing. And, yes. um, you know, what, what probably is the most exciting part about it is that we have now our large, what we call the Wellborn Community Room. And it, it's it's truly that's what it's for it's available to the community you know depending on um setup and uh kind of layout it it could accommodate even up to you know 90-ish guests beautiful room yeah thank you yeah it it really is it was up there for ypn and did the lunch and learn a couple months back and that that is i mean it's an experience all to itself i mean you know the technology's there the views there you know you just bring great great conversation in and it, it is it's it's a blessing for the community. It's great. Yeah, I mean, we really, we really feel like this is just a blessing for us to be able to offer this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I can't say I did a whole lot of work in the, in the planning and design and all that. You know, I have to give kudos to, to the, the staff who have really carried that process, Roger and Jeff, and of course our CEO Pat. But, um, but what you, what you hit on is it, it is, it's, it's an experience of being up there with, the, with the windows and mm-hmm. just kind of being able to use your word, you know, vision and, and mm-hmm. really think, you know, how, you know, what is our community? What could it be? That type of thing. Um, but then also to have the technology available and um, be able to have a fully functioning, you know, meeting or strategic planning session or whatever it is. And then on top of it, we um, made sure to be able to build out a bit of a kitchen so that yes. we can um, yeah, you know, bring caterers in or, um, I mean, we do have groups in all the time, you know, having all day sessions with, you know, multiple meals and that type of thing. And just, mm-hmm having that available um and hearing the the feedback the reaction we get from from groups we know we made the right move yeah mm. yeah yeah it's it's pretty incredible and i certainly don't take it for granted you know getting to be up there of course i can go in at the beginning of the day it's a different perspective than you know in the sun setting it's mm-hmm. yeah it's it's pretty cool do you have evening events there we do if uh, you know if that's what the the group is, is seeking. Yeah, if it's but yeah, I mean it's it's available free of charge to nonprofit groups, and um, we're just so happy that groups are using it and mm-hmm. you know taking advantage of that. And um, you know we're always welcome to to more input and feedback to you know what could be tweaked and adjusted. And we're constantly I feel like we're constantly doing that. We've been there about a year, but yeah, um, yeah, it's just been a great experience. So uh, how has how has you know the digital experience either brought you closer together or has it created you know a, a kind divide of that year and a yeah. half you mean the past yeah year that half. year and a well, half what's, what's so funny is when um <laughs> our office I mean so many emails right and then uh-huh. you know some of us would have to be texting during the day and um thank goodness our communications officer stepped up and it was early 2020 and said you know guys we have this this feature, this Microsoft Teams, yeah. there's so much more we could be doing with it. And 
as someone who's not always the most uh, technology savvy individual, I'll totally out myself for that because my kids will out me anyway, so I might as well just <laughs> lay it on the table. Um, I was like, oh my gosh, another medium that I have to like figure out yeah. and keep up with. and But it's been a lifesaver. Like yeah. the Teams app has been a lifesaver. Um, uh-huh. You know, for things where you're like, gosh, I feel so this just feels lame to be like writing an email about this. You just zip that quick Teams message or, you know, lots of, hey, do you have 10 minutes for a quick video call? Because there's just something different, right? There's just something nuanced about having that video call versus having a phone call, right? Yeah. I yes. mean, just it, it just makes it a little more personal, you know, a little bit more of that connection, um, regardless of what the topic is. So for us, I would say we have really just leaned in to our digital resources and the um, technology platforms that we have available to us. Yeah. And it, it was a, it was, it was a bit of a lifesaver for us during the pandemic because we bet. wanted to keep, we wanted to keep our processes moving forward. It's, you know, we feel bound to that. Like that's part of what we do. We resource the community with, with, um, you know, our nonprofit excellence, of course, our, our funding and then our community convening. So um, it, it was just really critical that, Nothing stopped or slowed down. Didn't slow down at all. <laughs> we got a little more involved in things, actually. Really? So, really? Yeah. 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 We were, um, our organization was pretty involved with the COVID-19 uh, response fund okay. that was housed from, uh, you know, at the United Way. Yeah. There was, most of us had some kind of role involved with that to making sure that, you know, that process was continuing on. And um, Seth, I mean, you, the community yeah. raised quickly, like five, six million dollars. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, that's absolutely right. About six million. Wow. Yeah. So um, we actually just wrapped up that process. Um, like I said, several of us were part of some aspect of that process. And that fund just wrapped up this month after being around since what April, I think it was, mm-hmm. of 2020. So, you know, to have that, um, to be a part of that. And for, for me, I, you know, I serve as our impact um, impact area for healthy eating and active living, but I also work as community engagement officer, so just really trying to be out there. So what was really nice about having a, um, having a role in that is learning about organizations that I just wasn't familiar with, especially those that are across, you know, we do serve a 14 county area. So yeah. getting to learn a little bit more about some of those other counties in Indiana that we don't hear from as much, but now we know like, oh, we need to reach out to them and yeah. let them know, you know, we are for support. Yeah, absolutely. So, um, yeah, and then we're, our organization's also really involved with the Talent 2025 initiative. Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm sure you've had multiple guests come in here and, and talking about that. Talent 2025, and there's a, uh, a new one coming up, right? Um, ready. 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 I'm sure yeah. you're talking about Ready, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah Ready, and Ready, right around the- what's amazing about Ready is, I mean, it's the state funding opportunity, and what they're looking for is what we have already mapped out as part of the Talent 2025 initiative. I mean, late 18, early 19, yeah. that process was moving forward. So the alignment couldn't Homework's be... Homework's done. Anyway. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Homework's done. Report is written. And we're just ready to, you know, hand it over and wait for that check. So, <laughs> <laughs> um, So, yeah. So that work continued. In fact, there's... Um, COVID brought some interesting insights to, to the work. I mean, our organization oversees the health index aspect, so we're, mm-hmm. we're largely kind of coordinating to a lot of the behind the scenes, bringing groups together on that. But um, a lot of insights when you talk about health and health care and health systems and, you know, how do we ensure a, a healthier population coming out on the other side of this? Um, you see some of the blind spots that 
people didn't know existed, right? And yeah. We, we need to magnify those a little bit so we can find creative solutions. And that's what we're doing. What are those blind spots? Yeah, well, I would say one, you know, you hear about this a lot in our community, um, transportation. Mm-hmm. So, you know, transportation has been a barrier for a, a lot of our residents to, um, whether it's to work, whether it's even to school or school functions, you know, you've got youth who are involved in these um, sports and clubs yeah. and, you know, can they get there after school or can their parents get there to, to you know, to get to be a, a spectator? Um, but then also what an impact, and I've learned so much more, I'm still learning, but just how much of a barrier transportation can be to health outcomes because um, patients aren't able to get to the physician's office or to a specialist appointment or even the pharmacy or even health related, like getting to the grocery store. You know, there's, fortunately we don't have enough grocery stores in in some of the the higher population areas. And so, you know, that's a barrier. How do you stay healthy if you can't um, maintain a a healthy and nutritious diet? Yeah. Um, And, you know, if you take, we have public transit, which is awesome, thank Mm -hmm. goodness. Um, But unfortunately, sometimes, you know, you think about bringing multiple bags on a on a the bus if you're coming from the grocery store or if you're needing to make a connection from Vandenberg over to Gateway and maybe you have to bring your kids um there's just it's transportation has it and it's become um like I said magnified a little bit during COVID because then you have more restrictions too so yeah. you know some of the um, rideshare programs you know the health systems have relied on them over the last few years to to help but like sometimes you know, they, they weren't necessarily running, you know, there weren't as many drivers or people weren't necessarily wanting to pick up people for health appointments, you know, so there's barriers with that. And then of course, again, going back to if you need a caregiver to come with you, um, you know, restrictions on people coming into the, to the um, facilities, the facilities mm-hmm. yeah, or even on the, the transportation. Um, so just so many um, barriers that we really need to think through. And you know, I wish it could be just one like seamless, system but it just doesn't work that way so we're gonna have to come at it from different angles thankfully i have a very astute uh partner in this work at the metropolitan planning organization yeah matt schrieffer um and and him and i are really serving as as thought partners on on how to how's the best way to to create a a, kind of a multi-modal system that will will get our patients to where they need to be yeah amazing how it impacts health outcomes i mean another area of our focus for the health index is um just really ensuring good outcomes for prenatal clients, prenatal patients. Mm-hmm. If they can't get to their appointments, then that's a huge barrier. And we, we need those um, future moms, you know, or, or pregnant moms to be able to, to get to those prenatal appointments. So again, another, another thing that connects and, and those barriers have to be removed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I think the community over the last 10 years, I talk about it as the 420 tower is getting ready mm-hmm. to come down, you know. Uh, that's that was uh, extends been around nearly 15 years now, and uh, that was her first office. So I've been downtown. Wow. I was on the 13th floor for many many years, I think, or for four years. And then Neil Chapman took over that that space after uh, we uh, left there, but like immediately went back to virtual. And then after about six months, went into the after they did the build out, we were at the Welburn, former Welburn Hospital, oh, which right. is right down here, yeah. uh, and, and we're there for years, eight, nine years, and uh, went through that. But I've been walking around this area going, 
you know, like from the time you were looking around and everything was just kind of boarded up. And but it's it's so amazing the connectivity that we've. I mean, uh, I know it's not going quote fast enough oh, for a sure, lot of people. But it, no, it's amazing. but the like up here in my mind yeah. as I point to my forehead here, observing yeah. uh, as just watching it, the landscape and the connectivity. And just the overall experience of what Evansville means to, from a walking perspective mm-hmm. is, is a hundred times different. You know, we have uh, the connected streets now, um, you know, the, the way in which we're engaging and starting to talk about how to maybe activate the riverfront yes. finally. Mm-hmm. Um, that conversation. That major cohesion. Yes. Yeah. Activating, you know, our one of our most vital assets, why we're, we're here as a, as a community, you know. Uh, the uh, manufacturing part of it and the, the way things are being envisioned for the future, you know, future paying homage to the past, but now mm-hmm. building multi-use and, and all that. Um, so with all that like we've talked a lot about the word experience of you know of a coaching experience mm-hmm. of you know a community development mm-hmm. experience of uh, of a parent of all those things um, give us a, a baseline what does the word experience mean to you hmm I couldn't define it because it just feels so so big right yeah um, I I don't know the only way I would I would say I could kind of categorize it is that since I was a little kid I always had this sort of philosophy that I was just going to get as every experience out of life like I was just going to squeeze that (laughs) towel until every last drop comes out I mean and and I live my life that way probably a little too much like every day I've got big goals for each day you know and I I gauge my you know success and um did I get enough out of today by whether or not, you know, I could just like collapse and fall asleep right away. Right. Which is pretty much every day, (laughs) you know, (laughs) did it wipe me out? Yeah. Did today just fully (laughs) exhaust me. Um, but you know, ultimately what do I get the most experience? I am. I love being outside. I love being outdoors. I was just thinking about how I was walking over here. I thought how ironic that, um, I'm walking over here, you know, we'll be meeting with BPS and extend and they're just right in the thick of all about you know building experiences and I'm walking past this demolition right and it was just so fascinating about um hearing them work on you know the just they're knocking it down they're literally knocking it down right now yeah and then the people you know various people like sitting there taking videos and watching and then the you know it's like that crisp fall morning I just relish that you know and I'm a summer person but just I just think taking it and being outside. So to your point about like downtown, I mean, I am, I feel so blessed that I was able to, to be in the position that I'm in. I've been in Evansville now for about 13 years. I uh, moved here from the Chicago area mm-hmm. and, um, you know, I actually walked from the train to my office in, in downtown Chicago too, for a while, um, while I was there. But, um, you know, just being able to be outside and be part of all of it. To yeah. me, you know, that's that's really what the experience is. You know, we started off talking about being over at the ball fields and seeing the tree line, but um, the connectivity piece is huge. I I get so excited. I still get so excited when I go down. Um, it's called. Oops, sorry. I think it's called like Bob Jones Way now, right? Yeah. Um, but then it'll eventually connect with the Walnut Project and just seeing how this. And all that, right? This, is yeah. that right? Um, go well. So the plan that um, actually with the 
Ready is basically the regional cities 2.0, mm-hmm. right? right? So with the first regional cities, they were able to leverage some funds to continue the Walnut Street multimodal connector um, to Weinbach, and then various funders got together and said, let's try to get it all the way to Van mm-hmm. to create that full experience, right? Yeah. Come all the way from downtown, get to that um, uh, ramp pedestrian mm-hmm. bridge, get over to the future Roberts Park green space, which it is, a it's not future, the future built out Roberts Park, I should right. say. It's available, go out there and use it now. But <laughs> like, yeah. you know, um, what an incredible opportunity for connectivity in, in our community. And it's just been so exciting to be here, to see that, to be a part of that for this these last 13 years. Yeah, and you know, it that experience is kind of why you make it. I mean, I was driving, you know, you said, you know, the future of Roberts Park, but uh, yeah. a park being a park of, you know, of a community space. Drove by there the other day, and in Evansville, I see a cricket match being played. Really? Cricket. Like I'm right there. always amazed I'm, what I'm, I'm going like, to see. I in look that. over there, and I'm like, <laughs> you know what? There's always something new. It's amazing. I, we were on our way to a soccer game, like one of my son's uh, soccer games over at those EVSC fields. There was a hot air balloon. I was like, this is amazing. I was being like, educated but, the other day. You, you know, know, a cricket right match there can go Robert's five Park. days. Oh, that's one not, cricket that's match? One, yes, yeah. But were there tents out there as well? I mean, that you, camping out it, it, can be, uh, it can be wrapped up within a day, but wow. the, the duration of the actual, from what I understand, it, it can go five days. I'm like, wow. That I is I have that kind of true commitment, commitment. right? Yeah. 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 Whoa. Yeah, I don't. I can't even hardly golf eighteen holes without getting. <laughs> you and me both. Like Mike will attest to. I get to. I get through nine, and it's either the best nine or the worst nine, and then I'm gonna. It's going to flip. But yes. it is not a consistent all the way through the eighteen. I lose interest really quick. Yeah, that's all. Yeah, I am. not a golfer. Yeah. There's just a little too much on my mind during the decade. I can't. I can't take that kind of time. I can barely mini golf. I just want to go through all eighteen holes and see. I, I'm sure. Kind of. I'll go through. Not me personally. I can just kind of guess. You, you want to go through all 18 holes and, and meet everybody that's on and oh, figure right. out yes. what's going on there. <laughs> yeah. What are you guys doing? What are, what, what are what's you happening doing after that? this? Yeah, what's, right. going on? Yeah. what's next? Yeah. yeah. Who's got the good music on the golf cart? There you go. <laughs> you know, I, I, I'm, I am excited finally with, with technology and Bluetooth and everything. You go out and you hear more music playing on the golf course. I know it for the traditionalist, it is, uh, I'm sure, annoying, but as you go out there and it, more and more golf scrambles and all those things, you yeah. see the golf carts and people have their music playing and it is more of a- It's a festive environment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. People getting getting out, uh, enjoying the conversation. Uh, there's, there's competition for sure, but uh, yeah, it's, uh, it it's, seems to be a different game today. Yeah. When you go to the scrambles and all the other things. I'm sure, you know, cool. um, you get out there and, and we're playing for uh, $100 a hole or, you know, a shot. I'm sure it's a little more competitive. But sure. I stay out of those. Yeah, I, <laughs> That's not my I stay out of those. Yeah. <laughs> Leave that Feels to hard. the pros. <laughs> That's right. So talking about Bluetooth and tools and, you know, golf clubs and buildings and all that, um, give us, give the uh, listeners here uh, a, a tool or something that you use every day that you think is designed well. Hmm. 
Well, okay, so this is this is kind of funny. This is a total mom example, okay? So, of course, right, you know, like April or May of 2020, all our appliances decided to not function at their highest capacity. So we went out looking for, you know, kitchen appliances, right? And I was, I was, I knew exactly what I wanted, but there was some supply chain issues, right? And production and everything was delayed because folks weren't shipping and they didn't have people in the warehouses. It was just a mess. So fast forward to, we, I don't know how we did it, but we were able to get some all new appliances like late last year. And I was really, the one I cared about the most was the refrigerator because everybody I know has that um, like freezer drawer thing mm -hmm. and you have to kind of lean over in it and I have a little bit of a lower back issue so I was like I don't want that I don't want to have to sift through lean over and sift through all my stuff <laughs> I want double doors I was real yeah. passionate <laughs> I want my double doors I'm not giving that up you know I know that's not the way like everybody's got this drawer but yeah. um, but then I got a bonus um, we have the uh, you know of course the ice maker and the uh, water uh, dispenser yeah. and the filtration. And so our previous refrigerator, like, I don't know, maybe it was already slight. Yeah, who knows what happened to it before it made it to our house. But, like, we had to turn all that off because our kids were little and it was like every day I'm walking in front of the fridge and continue <laughs> to leak or they'd do that and there'd be a puddle. We got new flooring. I was like, oh, my yeah. gosh. But this thing is amazing. So I love the way our refrigerator is designed and I love the fact that it makes me – I mean, I'm in healthy eating and, and active living, and I'm all about, like, you know, part of that is what we drink, right? You know, yeah. And so I can drink cold water that's filtered every day, and yeah. I don't have to lean over to get myself out of my freezer. <laughs> so, I mean, you want to talk about something that I use every day that's well-designed that I love? <laughs> it's my fridge. <laughs> I love that. Beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I mean, just, I'm just like, wow, they have water filters and refrigerators now? I don't need to have my... Nothing against Brita, but like my little Brita filter anymore. <laughs> and just that's all integrated in there. It's amazing. It's amazing. Now, yeah. do you, do you have the one with the Google Smart Tablet no. and all that stuff in it? Did you go? No, that, I didn't. That crazy where it's tracking the, or it's kind of funny. But I didn't want all the technology because I didn't want it to break down. You know, I think about yeah. like yeah. when you purchase a vehicle now. You know, they tell you, you know, it's it's just whether or not you can find someone who's good with computers to fix your vehicle. Right. It's, it's, right. You know, um, I have an, a little bit of an older car, so I'm, I'm still good with your standard shop. But like, you know, I didn't want to get into that for my refrigerator. And I thought it'd be kind of stressful to see what was in my fridge because you know, <laughs> half the time it's leftovers that need to be, you know. Yeah. Well, like sometimes you don't even use all of those. Yeah. The bells and whistles, bells right? And whistles, yeah. And then you're just kind of overpaying for things. But yeah. efficiency is nice like you said you don't have to bend down and yeah. you can get filtered water but then yeah. do you really need it to make breakfast for you i don't know maybe you do <laughs> <You're> but <right. laughs> you've got to touch 14 things to get like, there siri count the number of eggs in the carton you know like no i don't need all that <laughs> i'll just check in the morning <laughs> yeah we actually just unplugged um alexa the other day it was just uh, we've had it plugged in for all these uh, almost two years and i noticed it was just sitting over there in the corner and it was just spinning and i'm like I don't know how long it's been spinning, but you know what? We don't need that spinning any longer. Like yeah. we're we're gonna unplug it, and as much as their Siri and, and all these other things, we just I know voice. Is, it's not really the next thing; it is the now thing. But we haven't we haven't engaged in that. What about you? I mean, 
We don't own an Alexa. And did the voice search there's, there's and no Alexa. All In fact, the... I don't even. I have a newer phone that I got. Mm-hmm. Um, so great! I got to upgrade like pretty much for free. Okay, but anyway, like I don't even have Siri turned on or whatever because mm-hmm. on my old phone, every time I would say something, Siri would talk to me, and I was like, I'm yeah. not talking to you. So yeah, yeah. We, we don't dabble too much in that. Although it is nice in the vehicle to be able to, you know, if someone's hands free. Yeah. 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 yeah Cause Lincoln just did a whole commercial about how Alexa is integrated into their new SUV. And I'm like, okay. I mean, and, and we go all the way into transportation and going all the way back to the connectivity, uh, being you know, like the automotive aftermarket is one of our major clients that are a major area of focus. The, manufacturers who you buy the parts from at like an auto zone we work for those brands and you talk about the technician and the short like every organization now and every brand is is moving from aftermarket everybody's word is mobility yeah mm-hmm. now it's you know x mobility or it's going from auto parts to mobility and it's really the mobility experience because as we get into the autonomous driving vehicle mm-hmm. and we have the lane departures and all the things, it's what's the experience inside of the vehicle. Right. And and we're just talking about transport. It, it's so crazy that it started as this unit to you, transport you. You get and me now here to there. Yeah. Now yeah. it's like. You know, can I change the LED lighting to blue tonight (laughs) or green or whatever? But yet, like, you see that, and and that's the, you know, 20% that that the industry really highlights and and gets to. But going all the way back to your conversation on... Uh, on all the research and everything you're doing, we, we still have general transportation where communities can't yeah. connect. Yeah. Right. You know, can't get to work. Um, you know, the car breaks down. We, we, we have a family of three. We only have one. Right. Um, knowing the manufacturers in the community and knowing that, you know, as everything pushes north, mm, you know. Exactly. Th- we're the, leaving people behind. Yeah, leaving one corridor. Yeah. That whole corridor of employment opportunities that could change a whole, you know, zip code if it could access, access it by transportation, mobility. Um, it, it's, it's, it's weird that we're always championing the future, yeah. championing the future. But when we're looking at it, I'm sure... You probably have the stat off the top of your head, but for our listeners, like, what percent of our community isn't connected with transportation? Do you do you know that number? I wish I did. I don't. I don't know that number. Yeah. Um, it's so interesting you say that though, because when um, you know, I've been part of these different community initiatives now for a while. There's um, the Active Promise Zone work that's been going on since 2016, and yeah. it's really focused on these um, downtown neighborhoods, um, and. In several of these uh, areas, we have asked that question. You know, we do surveys. We, we just issued a the Greater Evansville Health Survey in early 20, where our report just came out um, earlier this year. Um, and we ask about uh, things around kind of those social determinants of health. You know, where do you live? You know, where you live and your, is your neighborhood what you need it to be in transportation, those types of things. But we get different answers. I mean, in the Promise Zone, uh, the question was really related to is um, – you know, is getting to work a barrier? Uh, is transportation a barrier to getting to work? And it was a surprisingly lower percentage than we thought. Mm-hmm. Um, for those of us that were working in the, the food space um, who have determined that we do have areas where there's low access to, to food outlets, healthy food outlets, 
And so one of the questions is, how do you ask that question? That's the question, yeah, right? The question? Because kind of ultimately, if people need to get somewhere, they usually will find a way yeah. unless it's not important enough. So they will call someone or they will, you know, pay someone. And, or, you know, they find a way to get where they are, but it's a, it's a struggle. And so I think part of it that we have um, explored is it's how we ask the question, mm-hmm. you know, instead of, do you have transportation barriers? You, know, you have to ask, how do you get to work most days, you know, and, and list options. And, you know, and unfortunately, some of these surveys, they don't, you know, it's, it's very hard to add too much to surveys. People get really survey fatigue after a while. Right. But for us to really pin it down, we have to ask the right questions and we have to make sure we know what we're trying to find out. Um, so that's one of the things we're doing right now is going back to the transportation to healthcare appointments barrier is we're talking to the health systems and the, the folks who are serving these, this, this patient population and asking them to tell us what they're hearing. Mm-hmm. You know, it, um, as much as uh, quantitative data is, is so important, the qualitative on this side is, is actually much better from a nuanced perspective. Um, I just met with someone yesterday who was telling me about um, that she has a lot of rural patients. And so the Oh my goodness. I mean, you talk about transportation barriers out there, especially when you get into the older adult population, right? Mm-hmm. So it's how you ask the question, and it's also kind of teasing out some of the information that you get when when you're working one-on-one with those clients. Yeah, so, you know, going back to the, the coaching experience and to, like, the community experience, and you talk about qualitative and quantitative and all those things, um, you know, it seems like in youth sports, like you're, you're, everybody's saying that you should be a multi-sport athlete. Like, I, I don't know if you hear this yet. You should be a multi-sport athlete. Dump all your eggs in one basket. Dump, yeah, don't dump yeah. all your eggs in one ba- basket. But, uh, but as you like start to get to the older ages, and I'm sure you'll start to experience this, like every sport even in high school now has the off season. It's year round. Year round. You, so you get like one week you, off in, I think it's Christmas. the end of June or something. Yeah, yeah. Christmas. Christmas. No, that's so true. Like, and oh, you have a tournament like, over Christmas, yeah. right? So, <laughs> right. Uh, but you're supposed to be a multi-sport athlete. And, you know, when, when you expect what, what is being expected is these children and even our community members are going to want to have a quality of life where it seems like we're on 80% of the day, right? We want to be going from, I want to go from work immediately to get my kid to this practice and then, you know what, and then I need to drop them off and then I need to have my other one at a training facility and then I need, like, that's kind of the ex, the expectation, yeah, right? Like, <laughs> are, like, from a youth sports perspective, but I've also, I, I always see that it transitions into the community What's the quality of, of life experience uh, within our community today? Is it like we want you, you know, working 60% of the day, 80% of the day? Like we're, you know, is that, is that same experience from what you see through the foundation interesting. kind of being a, a driver? Yeah, it's an interesting question because I think um, one of the other things I've noticed, and I actually think, you know, maybe – this could be something that comes out of this last year and a half that could have some positive momentum is that 
I think people have started to slow down a little bit. Now, you know, I know I started off saying I try to wring every yeah. last drop of, of water out of my day. That doesn't necessarily mean I love, I don't really love driving. Someone who was relying on taking the train and the L for a long time. Yeah. I mean, I personally don't like carting my kids all over the place. <laughs> it rained last night and everybody's stuff was canceled and it was amazing. Got to just take an extended walk in the neighborhood. You know, that was awesome. But, but where I'm going with that is I think there has been a greater appreciation because we've almost been forced to appreciate um, just getting outside and whether it's mm -hmm. walking or biking or just um, even reconnecting with, with neighbors, you know, from six feet or whatever it is. I think we've been forced to slow down a little bit yeah. this last year and a half. Um, and because of that, there's a, a newer appreciation for connectivity and quality of life Meaningful. and quality of place. Yeah. And, and right. so going a little bit full circle to your, your comment on what we have seen downtown and now this like, oh, I'm so hopeful for this interest in activating the riverfront. I mean, any given day, you see all the energy that's on the riverfront. And there's some great stuff that's happening already. And I think it's only going to get better as more, you know, interested parties get involved. Um, but I think the expectation that you have to, you know, I know when I started my career, it wasn't like you worked an eight hour a day, right? It was I like, didn't, I didn't ever, you know, I, that, I, I think there was not, one time I was up 72 hours. <laughs> yeah. Right. It was like, it was the more poor. you work, the better you, you right. do and you're going to get promoted. Right. Yeah. And quantity, quantity, yeah, quantity. It was all about the quantity. And I think we've started to recognize that, um, it's what happens outside of those hours are going to if affect what happens during your work day. Right. So if yeah. we don't, give people a break and let them just, you know, take time, you know, to do whatever it is that brings them to their happy place that, you know, brings them some, some peace and some joy. Like it's going to spill over into the workday. And of course that doesn't apply for, um, for all, uh, career paths, you know, but I think there is a larger emphasis, um, across the board for that whole concept of, of worksite and workplace wellness mm -hmm. and really advancing not just physical health. I mean, that's the other thing I can say because um, part of our Talent 2025 health work is looking at the workplace. But another thing is like workplace wellness no longer just means physical. Right. Right. It's not about like, um, you know, getting your biometric screening and not smoking and offering, you know, healthy food options. Now it's like, we really care about the mental health of our of our employees. And as they realize how much of our mental health is impacted by what we're surrounded by in our environment and the setting, I think that will also advance quality of place, which will advance quality of life. Yeah. <laughs> Thankfully. Yes. Sean and I have talked about this a lot too, as far as, you know, within a company, how that looks different moving forward. How you yeah. take care of your employees. You know, it's what? so important, especially right now, right? I mean there's there's a lot of jobs available. There's a lot of jobs. People can choose. Well, you have the great resignation going on. Yeah. Um, people, you know, that year and a half is really like, do, do, is this what I really want? And, yes. And, you know, am I passionate about this? You know, you, the Simon Sinek, why, you know, everybody's mm -hmm. like come around and they've watched, you know, and listened to that TED and like right. read that book and the six other ones that have come after it. And like really getting to your core of, of your 7030 and your peace index and, you know, is everything around you feeding that or is it is it energizing the battery or is it draining the battery? Right. You know, through the giant uh, certification and the training that I, I now lead, it's, uh, you know, 82% of the workforce is looking for their next gig because they feel undervalued, underappreciated and understood because, um, 
that drive that once that we once were led by that 72 hours of me being up getting ready to go to a large pharmaceutical national sales meeting and I'm on a plane interviewing these doctors and these patients that whatever and I'm working for you know insert big pharmaceutical company this is amazing look at what I'm you know and then you know I show up at the facility I go through the event and then I'm back on a plane and I'm back in Evansville and I'm like I can't remember yeah (laughs) I I literally you blacked out I blacked out yeah that was that was an amazing experience I know for the people that were there but I can't remember (laughs) a darn thing Um, yeah I mean we were working for an alcohol and beverage company uh, out of Louisville and I can remember we had done this huge 3d rendering it was set to Dave Matthews two-step and all these planets coming <laughs> nice. together and aligning and all this stuff and right in the middle of it we found that an employee um, right at the last moment when the CEO was getting ready to, like he was in his walkthrough that employee was no longer with the team and this was about a team building thing oh that picture can't be in that So, like, Melissa had to stop everything she was doing and literally drive my personal machine that the video had rendered on down to, like, meet me halfway. We had it, like, connected to a power source where it was, like, literally rendering again where the picture had been replaced to get it into a hotel. It re-rendered, and it was literally on stage. Like, it probably had finished 15 minutes before the CEO went on. Nobody knows that experience other than me and about yeah. like six other people. You've never recovered from that adrenaline. But <laughs> you never, you, yeah. You, but that's the experience that I'm like, that's an amazing story that nobody else gets to tell. Doesn't everybody want to do that? And as a creative pioneer, um, I now know that I'm when I'm intentional thinking about that, nearly 72% of people never want to experience that. They don't that. want to go through that. No. They don't want to go through that, and we're, we're, we've always been led from the loudest voice, from the pioneer, from the connector, from the guardian, you know, systems, processes, we've got to get these things done, timelines matter, and, you know, I'm going to scale this mountain with or without you, and all those things, and now that 82% is coming back going, you know what, go ahead, pioneer, scale the mountain all by yourself. Right. Uh, yeah. when, when you're up there and you need somebody to fix your oxygen mask and you're at, you know, C4, good luck. Because you're going to die on this side of the mountain because there's not going to be anybody behind you yeah, anymore. You're all alone. And we're finally, we're finally getting to the point where, you know, culture is greater than strategy. And that's the thing that has empowered me and what Andrea is talking about there is, is the giant platform. And I've always yeah. said that we've, we've at, at Extend, we've done a a really good job of coming in and people come to us with their dream like I want my company to flourish and what's the next great social media platform and where are we going to go from here and and oh okay we need to build this mobile app and it's going to change my life and somebody's going to come in and they're going to buy it and it's going to change my family outcomes but what they don't understand is that dream without a team quickly becomes a nightmare and it's it's what burns family relationships down it's what burns community down. like the friends that they hire because they think they're doing the friend a favor by giving them a job but really when when the friend gets to know who this person really is they're no longer a friend anymore like now that i'm able to deliver the hey before we build the mobile app can you even support what that dream looks like and what is really that dream attached to what are your five circles of influence you know how are you going to yeah is there substance to it yeah what is the 
how are you how are you at communicating to build relationships that gain alignment around that vision to get to finally be able to execute with the capacity that you have yeah it's great it, it sounds great when you're going to be a five million dollar company but what happens when you're a hundred million where you're a hundred thousand dollar company acting like you're a two million dollar company mm -hmm. Um, what happens to those relationships and that communication? That's always what's break, what breaks down, and it builds that big nightmare that, that that individual ends up going, I need out of this. I tapped out. I did not sign up for this. Like, And that's where it's always become somewhat of a, a challenge for us because great marketing makes a bad product fail faster. Yeah. I say, say that over and over and over again. And, and now I'm finally able to go back and say, hey, before we, we create this, point. Yeah. yeah, let's go back, let's listen, let's educate a little bit on what that really means, and then let's deliver that over time. Right. Let's not, like, let's not go from a $100,000 operating budget to a $6 million operating budget, you know, between September and, you know, October of the next year. Like, let's, let's plan that out. It's really tough for me because I do want to go there. It's who I am. <laughs> you just want to get there. But I'm creating a lot of malpractice. Hey, that's called growth. That. That's called growth. <laughs> it's called growth, but it's also a lot of malpractice to a lot of people if we don't listen to everybody that's around the table. That 72%, that nurturer, you know, that guardian, you know, they people that want to be known for who they are, you know, what church they go to, that they have sons and daughters that go to this high school mm -hmm. and they do want to be off on a Friday night because they want to go to a football game mm -hmm. and Saturdays are important. No, we don't want to travel to an NHRA race and represent Technician Academy, but, you know, <laughs> because you love right. racing, Sean. Yeah. You go do that on your own if you like that, but unless I'm passionate about it, I don't want to give up my Saturday or my Sunday with my family or my husband, my wife, my partner, whatever that means just so we can say that we're impacting this because it's actually giving me a negative impact on the other side. Right, right. That's my exactly peace index. Right. So, man, That's I don't know really how that came out or where that came from. <laughs> that, that got, yeah, I guess it's just part of that, uh, you know, that, uh, that experience that I'm going through this week. <laughs> that, uh, yeah, I, I apologize. I mentioned it at the beginning. Um, Two weeks ago, I went through a, an actual procedure. I went through a colon resection where they cut out 14 uh, centimeters and put my colon back together. And that was literally about nine days ago. In here. And he's but here, he's here to talk about, about it, which is yeah, amazing. Let's go. Let's go. Somewhat audible. I am so stumbling all over the no. place. But, um, but pioneering through it as best we can. Um and, you know, this is how it typically goes. We are an hour and four minutes already into oh, a podcast. Wow. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That went fast. So, it, it, yeah, so we ask one or two questions, talk about the community. Boom, all this stuff comes up. All the great things that are happening comes there out. Some how we're impacting, happening. how we're connecting, how we're mobile, how we're for these things. But we always like to uh, wrap up with a few personal questions. And... The one that I always like to ask is, um, you know, what person, product, or brand has the most authentic uh, experience today? Like, who's doing it right? Mm, my goodness, that's a tough question. Does Andrea get to answer that first? Oh, my gosh. <laughs> putting me on the spot. <laughs> I don't know. Who's doing it right? I know. There's, I mean, of course there's a lot out there. 
I tell you what, I have to be, I have to totally out myself. So again, I, I was real clear up front, not the most technology savvy person, um, but I have embraced like some things just you rely on that technology and it makes your life easier. So um, I'm going to give a shout out to Target. All right. Um, I've been using that sweet Target app to do the pickup. Yeah. Um, you know, started during COVID trying to be super safe and um, not put more traffic in the stores, right? Yeah. Um, and now uh, that life has sort of uh, taken a, a new normal and returned to really chaos, you know, every day, yeah. every, every <laughs> night in, in our household, I have really relied on just a quick, you know, get that order in and get yeah. the essentials that we need. And then before, after, you know, practice or whatever, you know, before they close, just driving up. But I mean, they really do an incredible job with that app. Um, and they do an incredible job of marketing their their own products on that app. Yeah. Um, I'm going to give a shout out to Target because I love it. I'm a, I'm a big fan. Thank you for that free service, Target. <laughs> yeah, it was uh, interesting. When I walked through there the other day, I, like they have transformed the whole corner in the front to yes. just literally logistic space. And you see this now at Sam's and yes. Costco. Like the up front by the door is now like a distribution center for all, for all that pickup yeah. and how quickly that evolution has happened. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah. Was, they tore down. I mean, when we do get in there, which is very rare because, you know, now I'm also saving money by not going in there for two hours. But yeah. my kids are sad because the little snack area oh, is gone. Yeah. That, that pickup area is taken over the, the snacks uh, section. But what about you? I, this is, this is not a particular company or brand. I, so I have recently moved over in the last four months to VPS. Before that, I was at a university. I was at University of Southern Indiana, oh, yeah. which we didn't get to talk about I very know, much. But, um, and I will say a great job. higher education in general, mm. um, K-12 and higher education, had to make a lot of pivots in the last yeah. year. Um, and, you know, obviously we had some virtual options prior to COVID sure. and yeah. prior to the pandemic. But the way that most of these organizations have pivoted and been able to still provide public or private education in mm-hmm. mass to mm-hmm. people, mm-hmm. Um, at, like basically at the snap of your fingers, you know, overnight, um, everything went virtual. And, and so I think a lot of them are doing it right. And it became less, not that it's ever been necessarily about the numbers, but it became more about um, health and well-being and that the, the true education of the students. Um, I saw a lot of faculty and staff just turn into, <laughs> I hate to say moms and dads, but and nurturers. Counselors and yes, nurturers. Counselors. Yeah. Yep. Uh, especially being on Celebration of Leadership, seeing some of the phenomenal um, faculty that stepped up to the plate and realized that some of the students weren't um, able to provide their own meals and so yeah. some of the faculty one faculty in particular stepped up and started shipping out um, meals and snacks to to students and started getting others to donate as well but I would just say overall I think our education systems have been able to um, transform and and have become even more holistic um, institutions than they were before so that's probably a cop-out answer in a way. No, I'd actually love to <laughs> piggyback on that, you know, kind of along the, the that tone. You know, I think it really is amazing to me to see how our nonprofit community yes. um, continued to serve, you know, their priority population, whatever that you know particular service is um, throughout this pandemic. 
And, um, you know, again, kind of come in full circle to that COVID-19 response fund that the United yeah. Way housed. Um, you know, we know how just incredibly um, dedicated these nonprofits were by uh, the applications that we would receive for, for the various, you know, funding of projects to help them overcome some of the barriers. I mean, they really put themselves out there, just like our essential workers at the stores. You know, they were the frontline um, folks that were continuing to serve the, this client base. And, you know, if anything, uh, you know, that they they had to pivot. They had to find resources. And unfortunately, they're still having to figure out how do they replace those fundraising dollars that were lost, you know, as a result yeah. of not being able to have those traditional fundraisers that they, they really rely on. They do. So, um, certainly, you know, we'd love to do a call out just to please continue supporting your um, nonprofits. And, and if there's someone you've always kind of thought about supporting but haven't before, now is the time because they, they really need you more than ever coming out of the last year and a half. Yeah. So what's one thing on your uh, your bucket list that you're looking forward to experiencing uh, between now and December 31st? Oh, Boy, that's really soon. Um, so yeah, I don't have a bucket list. I yeah, always say like, like I'm squeezing everything out of it every you're day. You're going to get so. it every day. But my daughter um, uh, is the only one in the family who really wants to camp. I mean, I, I grew up, my parents would have us camp. We'd canoe down the river and set up yeah. on the cliff. I mean, there was, yeah. you know, camp, the tents were in the in the canoe. So um, she's the only one that's all in for that. And I don't know if we're going to make it anywhere real rugged, but I promised her we would at least camp outside mm-hmm. before it gets too cold. So I know that seems like pretty small potatoes here, but it seems like a monumental task because I've got to find <laughs> our tent. Yeah. Because <laughs> for the last eight years or 10 years, nobody's wanted to go camping with me. So it's, <laughs> it's buried in the garage. What what but, stirred yeah. this? Uh... Well, she's like me. She loves being outside. She's, we have a veggie garden, her and I. She loves to be out there, you know, picking it. She wants to be the one that's always just outside doing stuff. And she has this tent in her room. It's like a, a bedroom tent, you know, that goes over the bed. Um, she's like, I want to take this thing off and put it outside. Well, it's not really made for that. But sure. I was like, you really want to sleep under the stars, don't you? She's like, yes. Oh, that's great. So, I mean, I don't know what else. There's a lot of stuff I have to get done on my <laughs> task list for work and that type of thing. And gosh, uh, USI, I'm teaching right now. So that'll wind yeah. down before December 31st. But bucket list, it goes to the tent outside. Tent outside. Right in the backyard there. You no, know, you could like... A lot of the families do the annual uh, homage up to uh, Lake Rudolph and yeah. do the, mm-hmm. the big uh, Halloween experience that they have up there. Oh, that'd there. be amazing. Mm-hmm. Probably too late for me to get it. I mean, I'm not that much of a planner, so I'd, <laughs> I'd have to get the cancellation reservation probably. You, those, yeah. <laughs> you probably wouldn't get a golf cart. <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That is, that's turned into quite the it's, experience. Yeah. Yeah. If, you, if you've seen any pictures on I've social heard, media. Yes, I will. And I have friends who, who do go up there for yeah. me. I'm like, wow, it's entire like teams do it and you know entire like classes of families oh, wow. and family families like rent you know camper after camper or lodge after yeah. lodge and the whole like, golf cart now talk about a culture i mean that is like a yeah. new subculture that is just really on the rise yes golf carts are everywhere <laughs> that's a mobility thing yes <laughs> it, is. it really yeah. is figure out how to utilize this for downtown. yeah we were walking in the neighborhood last night and you know the golf carts were out and then there was one coming towards us and you know they kind of said hello and i was like oh my gosh that was adults usually it's the the teenagers that are driving mm-hmm. around the, the golf uh, the golf cart like, it's everywhere. Even the adults are. <laughs> it's funny. The other day, I was driving through our subdivision and turned in, and 
there was a golf cart coming at me and did a little U-turn and came up and got closer. And, like, I see this hand just, like, giving me the gesture, like, what are you doing? Like, what's going on? And I, I turn in to our little cul-de-sac there, and he comes up right behind And literally, it was a 10-year-old <laughs> and his friend, and they were, like... We were in freeway traffic in L.A. yelling at me because I was in the way of where they were wanting to go. That golf cart right away. And just, yeah, they were in it. It was new. It was like they had just got it. They were wanting to go through the neighborhood as quickly as possible and all those things. But, yeah, I mean, golf carts are It's a culture. Are everywhere. It's happening. Yeah. It's happening. <laughs> Well, maybe definitely if we not get autonomous get drivers cart, either. Yeah. <laughs> no, golf carts, and then we can do the rail to trail. Oh, yeah, you know, with that, I'd love to see. I talked about that with Lori. Yes, definitely. That that would be amazing. Um, there are so many options there for the for those rails to trails. Yeah, I mean, it's even been neat seeing the highway, the high rail. Yeah, high rail. Go in there um, on forty one. Yeah. yeah. So, so how options. do our connect? Uh, how do our listeners connect with you? Like, what's your favorite platform for social media? What's Welburn Baptist? What's uh, Welburn Baptist Foundation handles? Like, where do we get a hold of you, oh and where do we get a hold of the foundation? I feel like I'm going to get in trouble with our communications officer because I don't know probably all of our platforms. So, <laughs> oh, sorry, Jeff. Um, I mean, I'm kind of like barely on Facebook because you know I, I have a lot of family up north, so I tend to use it for like, hey, look what the kids did or whatever. Yeah. You know, it's it's about the extent, um, and it's really just a symptom of a, of a little bit of a hectic life. Um, and then as little as I am on Facebook, I'm barely on Instagram. I think I've you know made like five posts in five years because my son put me on there on the way home from a soccer tournament. He had my phone. This was when he was a little younger, and he decided to start an Instagram account for me. So okay. Thank you for that. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I guess I'm doing those two things. And then I, um, as far as the, oh, and of course, a LinkedIn. I always say, like, oh, it's probably time to, like, check back into LinkedIn. I always yeah. like, see the coolest articles and stuff for people, and especially kind of in the wellness space. There's the oh, the yeah. wellness folks are really active on there. Their training um, has become amazing. Yeah, they know? offer some great trainings, yeah. actually. Picked up, actually, lynda.com and yeah. integrated that all Yeah, we there. have lynda.com yeah. at work. So um, it, as far as the foundation, uh, I know we're on Facebook. Uh, Upgrade mm-hmm. is our uh, health and wellness initiative. Yeah. We're on uh, Facebook and Instagram. Upgrade your health. Um, upgrade your way, your health. Um, so actually, I just said it wrong. Upgrade your way, your health. So um, certainly visit us on Facebook and Instagram. And um, we're in the process of actually up- updating our upgrade website as well as the, the Wellborn website. It's It feels like nowadays the website, you know, you really kind of have to... Every two years. Yeah, you've got to just do a, a kind of an overhaul, rejuvenation. Yeah, refresh. It's just a refresh. It's got a different look and feel. And just as you start to kind of embrace the, the, the newest version, it's, you know, another one comes out. So, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful. Well, and they can call the Wellborn Foundation for the community room? Yes, although the best way is to, to go on our website. We have a whole reservation link. You can even see the rooms, um, and uh, there's several pictures. You can kind of see what the layout looks Sizes. like. And, yeah, go ahead and reserve, submit your reservation on there because it really does book up fast. I can't believe it's been it's been consistently booked. That's great. Yeah, yeah. so upgrade your health your way and um, uh, Wellborn both have a presence. Well, I might have missed one, so sorry, Jeff. <laughs> Say it a couple times. <laughs> is uh, you know, 
we've talked about a lot. Is is there any final uh, as we put it all back together? Any anything that you think we've missed today on the at five thirty on main podcast? Anything that We've you came in going, I have ground. to talk about. <laughs> Coming in that we, I, I've got to talk about did. that. Yeah. Now I really came in with just an open mind. Like, let's see where the this pretty fall day takes us. So yeah, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Wonderful. Yeah. yeah. Oh, I know one thing. Yeah. Um, little pitch. It's beautiful weather. It's not too hot. Try the upgrade bike share. Yeah. It's yes. freshly launched, and it's just a great time to go for a bike ride, or become a member and go I for a bike I, ride every I, day. Uh, you know, our previous member, Lori, yeah. our podcast, yeah. she was out the other day on Franklin actually reviewing the bikes, I think, going over. She was taking a look at them. So, yeah, that is an amazing yes, program. Yes, please visit it and enjoy it. Now is How many time. connectivity spots are there now? I should know this. That's a tough question. Um, how many oh, stations? Yeah, how many stations? I feel like we have eight. Eight, yeah. But um, we have Henderson, too, so I may be down okay. with you on that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But That's definitely amazing. visit it. I know there's one on Franklin. There's one at UE. Um, where else? Downtown. Downtown. A couple. YMCA. YMCA. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, you know, go to the Evansville Trails Coalition website, and they've got the information right there. And it's really, I mean, it's a really low-cost way to enjoy this community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, thank you everyone for being on this tell mike he's you know welcome back anytime but he's <laughs> but he's know, gonna have to get in line he's now gonna have to you know he's gonna have to share the room andrea is is now uh, officially uh on the app 530 on main podcast co-host uh appreciate you filling in for him today happy to be you'll here. have your future uh podcast episode of your own introducing yeah, you to the community be cool. that'll be a lot of fun hopefully i haven't put too many spoiler alerts out all new questions all new questions (laughs) please no (laughs) (laughs) but thank you so much um this has been the at 530 on main podcast brought to you by extend group vps architecture as we always say uh, we really do ask that you go to either uh, extendgroup.com or vpsarc.com and they're, they're, the v, uh, the App 530 on Main podcast is literally a big icon that's there on the homepage of both websites. Uh, we are on on iTunes. We are on Google. Pl- we are on like every platform. The team here does a really good job to make sure we're on as many uh, streaming services as possible. I think we're on Spotify today, all those things. Please like, share. Um, just get the word out. And we do have a suggestion box. Um if we're just speaking and, and having this conversation in a vacuum and we're not gaining any feedback, you know, one star, five star, whatever it is, please let us know how we can make this better. Please tell us if there's someone that you recommend uh, that needs to be on this podcast. Uh, we've got a line up. I think we've got about eight scheduled from here until the end of December now. Uh, we'll be releasing them every other week at this point. But now that you know, the COVID, uh, you know, situation has kind of come to where we can be back in the podcast studio doing this and vaccination rates are are doing what they're doing. We feel more comfortable and we love having this conversation uh, for the community and it's really for the community. So if you would go to either one of the websites, vpsarc.com or extendgroup.com, look for App 530 on Main. You can look at it on iTunes, whatever. Share it, like it, 
put it, we're on, uh, we're both on social media. We're very active there. Every time a new episode comes out, share it, get the word out. Uh, we do appreciate uh, everyone's time in the Extension Studio at that Extend Group, 530 Main Street, Evansville, Indiana. Once again, thank you so much thank you for your for time and your commitment to our community. Thanks again for tuning in to this episode of At 530 on Main, hosted by Sean Collins and Mike Davis. Please leave us a review and share your thoughts on today's episode. Let us know how you've been inspired or what you would like to hear on future episodes. And if you've enjoyed the conversation, help us spread the word. Share us on your social channels. Message a friend. Rate the podcast. Without you, this experience would not be possible.